1: Good morning and welcome to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. I'm Jonathan Edwards with the Hosterman team here at Citywide Home Loans. In this studio this morning, we have our MVP guest host, Michael Hills. This is the show that brings you today's most relevant real estate insights and experiences from the industry's most dedicated players. Today, Michael and I will be talking about real estate as an investment. This show might just change your thinking around real estate and how you buy and sell it. Stay tuned for a triple play of Denver's hottest listings and a quick disclaimer that citywide home loans and Atlas Real Estate are not affiliated entities. Listeners are not required to use either participant to work with the other participant. Michael, this is show number two for you. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, and thanks for uh, having me back. We had a blast last time you were on the show. I think we're going to have a blast this time as well. Uh, We've got some great material to cover, but before we dive in, talk to me a little bit about Michael Hills in Colorado. Are you from Colorado? So not originally. I came out here, went to the University of Denver, Yep.
0: started buying real estate, frankly, 20 years ago. After I graduated, I stayed. Now I have a family. I have four little kids. They all live here. They love it. It's their home. So I'm an implant, but I
1: feel like I'm a native because my kids are now native. Uh, uh, There you go. Mine too. So I'm from Syracuse, New York. Originally came out here in 2005. Um, And and as Colorado does, like it just holds you, like I can't, I can't get out of here, even if I wanted to, it is an amazing,
0: amazing place to to live, to have friends, to raise a family and all the complaints about Colorado
1: is it's just a short plane
0: ride to get somewhere else, to have a great time. Then you can come home to beautiful Colorado.
1: Absolutely. So 20 years ago, you started buying real estate. Mm -hmm. That's important. I mean, Man, how many people out there right now are saying, I wish I started buying real estate in Colorado 20 years ago? So
0: it's an interesting story. I graduated from DU in 2001. Less than three months later, I bought my first property and I bought it as a, with an FHA loan, three and a half percent down. And here's the crazy part. You're a mortgage guy. You get this. My very first property, I kid you not, I was 20, just turned 23 sitting there and the loan guy, I don't remember who it was, slipped a piece of paper across my my desk and said, or the table and said, I need you to sign this. I was like, uh, this says I make $89,000 a year. I made $32,000 a year <laughs> because I mean it was a stated income loan, Yeah, which back then, for everybody that's listening, it means that you just tell them how much money you make, Yeah, sign a piece of paper, and I was like, bro, that's lying. And he yeah. goes, no, 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 that's just the way the mortgage game is played. But I was a kid. I yeah. had no idea what I was doing.
1: So Nuts. that's an interesting story. I read a book, and I'm not going to be able to remember the name of it right now, but that exact same scenario happened to this guy and then he ends up getting in trouble for it like five years down the road and he's like I don't know what I was doing, I was a kid and it goes to, and it speaks to and and unfortunately this is before my time, I've been originating for ten years now, um, but it speaks to the industry then versus Mm -hmm. the industry now and we can complain about all the regulation the rules and all the extra stuff that's come along, Dodd-Frank, that kind of stuff but let's be honest, on some level, a lot of good came out of that as well.
0: A hundred percent. And I would tell you my first three houses I bought 2001, like 2004 and 2006, I believe all stated income loans. Yeah. Now I owned all three of those houses. Two of them I sold last year. So I owned them all the way to 2021. One of them I sold in 2017. That's awesome. I owned them for a really long time because my intent was always investment. I did it to turn them into rentals. Yes. But back then I was like, this is like this is this is just a game. I can yeah. play I can beat you guys yeah. at this game. Yeah. That's all I did. I used it, yeah. learned the rules and and played by the bank's rules, paid by the played by the federal government's rules. Yep. And man, a lot of people got taken advantage of um, and made mistakes. It wasn't just lenders' faults. It was yep. you know, Main Street was borrowing money yeah. that they couldn't pay back. Couldn't pay back, which Absolutely. is what got us trouble in two thousand eight. And frankly, I think it's interesting to note that the same the recession that we went through in two thousand eight. Whether you agree that this is a recession or not doesn't yeah. really matter. That's irrelevant. But I would say that this one will not be driven by housing, and Americans are protected because of the equity they have in their homes. Mm-hmm. And I think it speaks to what the short-term future is going to hold for just the general real estate market and yeah. the investment market. And it's something yeah. that we should we should talk about.
1: I, I like that perspective. Absolutely. I, there was so much gross. Irresponsibility going on in the lending world back then, um, you know, inflated housing prices and stuff like that. And and loans that, that went over 100 percent, you know, loan to value <laughs> like crazy stuff. I, I would agree in and Again, this goes back to probably regulation. I'm not a huge guy on regulation, but I do think it has a necessary part in the in the industry. You know, I think because of that we're probably going to end up not in as bad a shape as we were right. before. A total housing crash like we saw before. its Probably a little less likely.
0: I have, I have people that come to me and like, oh, I think mortgages are going to be hot. And I was like, or excuse me, not mortgages, uh, foreclosures. Yeah. Foreclosures are going to be hot. Maybe, but it's not going to be for two like years. not like it was before. And not like it was before. Yeah. It's going to take some time for that
1: to catch up if, if it happens at all. Michael... It- at Atlas, you guys do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You guys are different from the pack. I think a lot of brokers out there are trying to figure out ways to differentiate themselves, do things differently. Well, you guys have actually done that. Mm-hmm. Talk to me in our audience a little bit about Atlas Real Estate and what you guys are doing and differentiating yourselves. Sure.
0: I, I would say the, the first thing that we do is we're not just a Denver-based company. We are, we are We operate in seven states. And the first thing that we are is a property management company, we manage roughly 80 little over 8000 homes, 8400 homes to date, and that's continuing to grow like crazy. So that's number one. Number two, is we are a full service brokerage, uh, which is what I run, I'm our managing broker. And the brokerage that we do consists of retail, retail being a house that anybody's going to buy and sell for their own to live in. But where our passion is, is on the investment side. And when I say investment side, I'm talking mom and pop investors, people that own maybe one to to 10 rentals. And we are experts in the single family to roughly 12 unit space. You know, somebody that wants to buy a fourplex or a sixplex or an eightplex, something like that. And then the third division that we have is institutional investment. So we've been for the last roughly 10 years, we've had big institutional investor partners that exist in the single family for rent space. Uh, that are out there buying single-family homes based on, you know, big hedge funds, pension funds, that kind of thing. So we operate differently. And, and inside our brokerage, the other unique thing is all of our brokers, myself included, we're all salaried agents. So we do not play under the traditional 1099 model. Uh, we really focus on trying to do what's in the best interest of the client to for long-term business. And then for anybody that buys an investment property from us, it just goes over to our property management. So it's kind of like we're, we try to be a
1: one-stop shop for that mom-and-pop investor. Which is incredible. So... it you guys are doing a number of different things, but it sounds to me like you have it dialed in. You know what you do well mm-hmm. and you focus on that and you have your target market and here's who we can best help. Yes. This is, this is, we are designed to help this exact type of client. So if you're an investor out there and that and any of that triggered triggered something, I mean reach out to Michael Hills. Michael, what's the best phone number for you? Cell phone
0: seven two zero two two zero eighty five hundred seven two oh two two oh eight five
1: zero zero reach out to michael and talk to him hey i've got seven rental properties Mm -hmm. at first i was managing them on my own now it's a real pain in my butt Mm -hmm. what could you guys do to help me out and i i would think you guys would be able to help them out and have a plan together for them pretty quickly
0: absolutely and there's there's Probably three clients, kinds of clients that, that we really focus on. One is exactly what you, what you just said. The, the, the smaller investor that's got a handful of rentals that is a lawyer, a doctor, a school teacher, a professor, or a stay-at-home mom, and they just need help because they have an eviction. And we saw this a lot through COVID. They have a, a challenging tenant, and they don't have the knowledge or resource to handle that, so we help them. Second one is the same kind of investor, but they've had these rentals now for years and years, and they don't know how to level up. So I'll give you an example. Last year, I sold three of my single-family homes and 1031 exchanged them, one into a nine-unit in Colorado Springs, one into an eight-unit in uh, Phoenix. And then just my most recent purchase, I sold one and 1031 exchanged it into a 12-unit in Aurora. So we help people go take their portfolio to the next level. And then I would say the last thing we do is and do very well is the, the rookie investor, the, the person that comes to us and says, look... I either, A, don't own a home, or B, only own one home, and I just, I want to do more. I see the value in owning real estate, but I need a coach, somebody that's been there, done that, Mm -hmm. and can guide me um, and do it a little bit better.
1: That's great. So, yeah, again, if you're in the audience and and that sounds like, say, you've been thinking about it for a while. I've been thinking about buying an investment Mm -hmm. property. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. Call Michael, put a plan together, and actually take that next step and purchase that home. He's going to help you to be able to manage it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll, I'm sure talk to you a little bit about the financing side as much as he can without a license. Um, <laughs> but strategy, exit strategy, right? Mm-hmm. That's always part of the game as well. We'll talk about exit strategy. When do you sell it? How long do you hold it? What do you rent it for? Those kinds of things. Um, so, Michael, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit here. I always sort of start the show off talking about what we're seeing in the in the real estate market, the Denver real estate market. I'm going to change that a little bit. Talk to us about what you're seeing in the Denver real estate investment market. Sure.
0: So it's hard to buy deals right now with interest rates rising as fast as they can't, as fast as they have been. And they've come down a little bit in the last week and a half. I and mean, yep. you, you know better about rates than I do. You're right. That um, but they they have come they have come down a bit. What we've been advising clients to do over the past, you know, 60 to 90 days is kind of wait a little bit. Not wait forever. Just wait and and let the frenzy and the madness stop. And I would say today, I feel much more confident in what's gonna happen short term than I did, say, four weeks ago. Because the market was it was nuts, man. I mean, it's this market changed so fast. So fast. Like <laughs> all of us were like, what is happening? Yeah. You know, we all knew it was coming, but I did not expect it to change this fast. And it really doesn't From an investment thesis, our number one pillar to our investment thesis is invest over the next 20 years. Yeah. So when we buy, we buy as though we're never going to sell. Yeah. So what that means Four years ago, it was the shotgun approach. Buy everything. Yeah. Today, it's sniper rifle. You yeah. need to be really specific about yeah. what you buy. You got to understand your asset and really be uh, in for the long term because the short term, if somebody comes to me and says, I want to make 10% and I want to sell in 18 months, yeah. I'm not your guy because I'm never yeah. going to make that promise. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm, not gonna, I'm just not going to. But yep. buy for the long term, hold, and let the normal real estate cycle work to your advantage. That's what we do. It's what we coach. It's what we live individually and it works. I mean, I just I told you a couple minutes ago that the properties first properties I bought, I owned for 10 years, 19 years, 18 years and like 17 years. I mean, it's yeah. a crazy amount of time.
1: And and not only did you sell the properties, you sold through a 1031 exchange, mm-hmm. right? So that, you know, that's a term that probably not everybody's real familiar with unless you're an investor and you've done one, um but it, it you sort of went through that quickly. I'm going to slow it down for a sec, Michael. So you did a 1031 exchange, which is a government, and I'm not a CPA. Um, I don't <laughs> pretend to know the exact details of how it works, so don't quote me on any of this. But a 1031 exchange, in essence, is a uh, tax structure that allows you to sell an investment property and purchase another property of like kind or, uh, or value, mm-hmm. either higher Higher price or, or equal value, correct? Uh, yep. I'll give you an example. So we have a client that's selling a
0: fourplex that I sold him in Lafayette uh, in 2016. I think he bought it. So fourplex, uh, we're closing Friday, say Thursday, we're closing, uh, whatever <laughs> it day it is. It is Thursday. <laughs> um, we're closing tomorrow and he's closing for 945 grand. So his profit on it's going to be a little over 300. And plus his down payment back. So he's going to walk with, call it 450000 bucks. Yep. Well, we're 1031 exchanging into five of the duplexes I yep. was telling you about before we started the show. Yeah. And these are all in Missouri. Yep. So one of the things interesting about Atlas, we have centralized inventory. Yep. So we, we buy in all of our different markets. So if somebody yeah. says, I don't love Denver, great. We'll sell you something in Tucson where we are, or Vegas, or Boise, or Salt mm-hmm. Lake, or this one happens to be on the Kansas, excuse me, the Missouri side of Kansas City. Gotcha. So this client is, would owe, if he were to take the cash, he'd owe about $65,000-ish in taxes. Okay. But we're going to take that money. We're going to 1031 exchange it. means you're swapping properties. Yep. He's selling one fourplex, buying five duplexes. Yep. His property values there are on the cheap side compared to Denver, what we're all used to. Well, those five duplexes are going to cost him roughly a million dollars. So he spent a little bit more money than the sale. And by doing that, he gets to what's called tax defer. Mm -hmm. So he still owes the tax, but he doesn't have to pay it now. It's called swapping. Now, for those of us in the industry, the joke is you swap till you drop. And what that means, (laughs) you can constantly trade up. For me, I have four little kids. Someday when I tip over, which it's inevitable, you know, mother nature always wins. (laughs) I tip over and I leave my properties to my children. They get what's called a step up in basis, meaning that all of the taxes that I owe disappears. Which means I can actually escape the tax man. Now, again, I'm not all, you know, I'm not a CPA either, and the rules may change depending on who's in office, and the rules do change all the time. Yep. But this is something that if done right, real estate is also an insanely cool tax advantage. Yep. Where children, your heirs, for those that are listening, can Really, honest to God, take advantage of the rules. Yeah. Learn the rules, play and the game. And they're designed
1: that way, right? Yeah. The IRS, it's not like the IRS doesn't know that this is going on. Correct. They design their tax code for this benefit mm-hmm. because the government ultimately benefits as well. They just benefit down the road. Exactly.
0: And, and it, it really, really works. And uh, the 1031 exchange is a very uh, useful tool. And it's designed to keep investors investing. Um, and Absolutely. keep the dollar going. And and it's fantastic.
1: So I like your explanation a lot better than mine. It was much more eloquent, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> so uh, if you go back and uh, re-listen to this, listen to Michael's explanation of the 1031 exchange. He obviously has it down really well. Um, and, and look, if you have questions, call Michael. Michael, again, what's the best phone number for you? 720-220-8500. All right. So... What about finding a deal? You, you had mentioned it's tough to find a deal mm-hmm. right now. Sniper rifle here in Denver, but you're buying your properties in Missouri right now. Mm-hmm. So you can find deals where, you know, where are some areas that you guys are looking? You think might be good investment areas. Sure.
0: So I actually bought a property Friday of last week in Denver, um, but I bought it as a with dual intention. And I'll explain that in a second. But one of the things that we do at Atlas. So again, based on our salaried model, we have a salaried inventory team. So all they do is look every day in our different markets to find deals that fit whatever clients. So think of it as like a shopping list or a whiteboard. Mm -hmm. So a client says, hey, I've got X amount of dollars, $25,000 or $500,000. I want to buy property, properties, whatever. We say, great, what are you looking for? And we we reverse engineer to try to figure out what they're looking for. And then we go out in the market and we look for it. And if somebody says, I hate Kansas City because I hate the Chiefs, which Denverites feel yeah. that way? I get it, and they're like, "Look, man, that's funny. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to help Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs, so I'm not invested in Kansas City. Great, we'll look in Arizona. We'll as, look a in B- Utah. as a
1: Bills fan, I, I feel that way as well. <laughs> hey, I'm a
0: 49ers fan originally.
1: Yeah, the Chiefs beat us in the Super Bowl, so I'm, yeah. I'm not a huge fan either. And they took your Joe Montana. They did. At the I, end.
0: I was in Kansas City last week, and I may have driven by Arrowhead yeah. and flipped it off. So
1: <laughs> I'm not sure I'm allowed to say that on the radio, but
0: for all you Denver fans. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> my wife and I have season tickets to the Broncos, so we're big Broncos fans too. Uh, but originally, as a kid, I'm a Niners guy. But what we do is we look, we look all over and say and match up again on our whiteboard, our shopping list, what the buyer wants with what is out there. And like this deal that I found last week, uh, I found it a few weeks ago, but it's a flip. I bought it as a fix and flip, which I'm a savvy investor, but I bought it with the intent of potentially flipping it, but. If the, if the market continues to worsen, I'll keep it and do it do it as a buy and hold. Yeah. You know, so the after repair value or AI, mm-hmm. ARV is yep. under the average in Denver. Yeah. So I believe that my price is protected. And if it doesn't work, I'll just rent it. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, one of the things I think investors, mistakes they make is they pigeonhole themselves where they need to hit multiple home runs right. or have multiple miracles in order yeah. to make money. Yep. And we don't. We try, we try mm-hmm. to take the, uh, eliminate that and say, look, I'm going to do one thing. And if it doesn't work, I've got a backup plan, and then a backup plan on my backup plan, right? Just in case. Yep. Never put all your eggs in one basket, and it's one of the things that we uh, that we coach, we preach, and you know, speaking to that with our centralized inventory, I like geographic diversity. So I own rentals in Denver, I own rentals in Aurora, I own rentals in Colorado Springs, I own a rental in California, I own rentals in um, in Arizona. You know, so we try to get that geographic diversity, so that if and when somebody gets pinched in one market or something happens. Your other properties are doing are just fine, too.
1: So for the rookie, as as you put it earlier, somebody who's just thinking about getting into the investment Mm -hmm. property world, maybe they've been thinking about it for years. They Mm -hmm. just haven't pulled the trigger on it. What are some things when you're when you're talking to that, you know, hey, I've got $50,000 and uh, I want to buy a rental property, and really, I want a portfolio of rental properties. Mm-hmm. But I want to start here with this one. What are so from a strategy standpoint? What are you talking to them about? Obviously, I would think like price and financing, exit strategies, stuff like that. Yep. Uh, what are some things that you're talking with your investors about? I would
0: say probably the very first thing is we sit down and, and try to figure out what are you trying to accomplish, what are your long-term goals. And it's funny because I say long-term goals, and so many Americans are like, "Oh man." two years. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not long term. (laughs) And and neither is four years. You know, I'm talking 20 years. I'll I'll give you an example. So my wife and I, I, like I said earlier, we have four little kids. So one of the things that I did before each one of my children turned three, I bought a property and I put it on a fully amortized fixed rate 15 year loan. Now, why would I do that? And why would it mention, why would I talk about it? Kids? what I've done pay for college, pay for college. That's exactly right. That's my kids. My oldest kid is 11. My youngest is four and a half. He actually starts school for the first time in two and a half weeks. So my wife and I I are going to have all our kids in school. So we're super excited for that. (laughs) But I don't ever have to think about college savings or college planning ever again, because it's already done for me. And that's when, when I say, what are your long-term goals? People are kind of saving for college, but they're not thinking about using real estate to solve long-term financial problems. So that's what we do. And that's exactly what we did, what I did personally um, with the with the kiddos college funds. And so that's what we coach. on. like, what are
1: you what are you trying to accomplish first? And that's that out of the box thinking Mm -hmm. that I'm talking about with Atlas Real Mm -hmm. Estate. I mean, I, I have heard that strategy before. It's been a while since I heard that strategy. But think about that if you're the audience, right? You buy your kid a home in their name, or maybe it's in your name. I don't know how you structured it. But with the goal of in 15 years, this is going to be paid off by somebody else. Mm -hmm. You're not paying it. Somebody Mm -hmm. else is paying the rent on it. It'll be paid off. Maybe put a little money into it. That's fine. But you can sell that. Let's say it's five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand. It's going to be a lot to send our kids to school, Michael. Yes, it is. It's going to be a lot. So yes, that five, six hundred thousand, that's going to be real helpful, and you're going to really pat yourself on the back and say, "I'm really glad that I did that." Uh, you're going to be able to pay for your kids' school for roughly anywhere that they want to go, right? Totally. Um, which, which I think is just a great strategy.
0: Well, and it's uh, and real quick about that. So here's the interesting thing: people say like, "Oh, we're talking about money." It's like, we're not. We're not actually talking about money. We're talking about options. So when like my youngest, my 11 year old, her, the house that I have pigeonholed for her, it'll be paid off her senior year of high school when she's 17, like 17 and a half. I I have a big chart in my office. Like I (laughs) I mapped this all out, but here's the thing. It's really not about money. It's about creating options. And what I've done is I've created three different options for myself with regards to her college fund. I could sell the property. Like Mm -hmm. we said, now that's a taxable (laughs) event. So I'd have to pay taxes and I could send her to school or maybe with you, I do a cash-out refinance, mm-hmm. which is not a taxable event, and I could borrow against myself, pay off her school, and now my new residents pay off the new loan. Yeah. Or maybe she goes local, or the rent has grown to you know 3000 or $4,000 a month, and I don't have to do either one of those because my mortgage payment is gone, so I can take the rent and pay for her school. Yeah. Either way, what I've done is I've created options for myself, again, just like a flip, option one, two, or three. Depending on where the economy is, where the world is, heck, man, maybe she gets a scholarship or goes to trade school or sure. doesn't need the house. Yeah.
1: So, But I, I promise you she's going to move out. But oh, you've created <laughs> options. I've created options, and that's what we're after. You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Denver 1600. Check out past episodes on our podcast at 1043thefan.com. For mortgage questions and information, give us a call at 303-921-5747. If you would like to get in touch with Michael Hills at Atlas Real Estate to discuss buying or selling your next investment property, Michael, what's the best phone number for you? 720-220-8500. I love it. All right, Michael. So this part of the show, we've got our hot listings here. And actually, our first one here has got uh, open houses this weekend as well. I've got Magdalena Reynolds. And she has a great property at 9272 La Crosse Lane in Parker. This one's listed at $899,950. Pretty good-sized place, over 4,600 square feet, uh, six beds, four baths. Just a beautiful, beautiful home. Truly one of a kind opportunity to live in the country lifestyle to its fullest, minutes away from the town of Parker with dining and entertainment. This property sits on over five acres on eastern outskirts of Parker. Just a beautiful property. If you'd like some more information on this property or if you would like to check it out this weekend, Magdalena is holding an open house both today and tomorrow from 10 to 4. And again, that address is 9272 La Crosse Lane in Parker. Uh, stop by, say hi to Magdalena and uh if you have other questions want to reach out to her directly give her a call at 720-240-1133 next i've got shelby berry with the red team and she's got a great property at 5770 east warren avenue uh unit 113 in denver and uh this one is on the market at 150,000 just over 550 square feet it is a condo with one bed one bath and if you would like some more information on this property, give Shelby a call at 720-319-3505. Finally, I've got a property here uh, with David Hanna up in Evergreen. David's with Coldwell Banker. And uh, this property is at 34198 Forest Estates Road. I'm looking at the picture. What a cool spot up in the mountains. Almost like a log cabin type property. Uh, but really cool. Three-bed, two-bath. It's on the market at 550000 I live in the Evergreen area. I will tell you, a home like this for 550000 is a great, great option. I would definitely give David a call. Um, this is in the Brook Forest Estates. A lot of new uh, features and appliances. Great access to hiking trails near Maxwell Falls, which is a great one. Uh, Cub Creek Trail. Just an excellent, excellent location and a great property. Give David Hanna a call at 303-475. Michael, we've got just a few minutes left here, but I want to chat about landlord. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking a lot about investment properties. You've got to maintain and manage the properties. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I know is where you guys come into play. This is this is your area of expertise. But what advice can you provide to somebody who's never been a landlord before? What do they need to expect?
0: Don't do it. <laughs> um, Hire Atlas <laughs> yeah.
1: real estate. Don't
0: do it yourself. <laughs> no. Uh, so being a landlord. So, so here's the thing. The word landlord has been around since feudal Europe more than a thousand years, because back then he who owned the land is the Lord, That's Makes like sense. the Lord of the manor, so to speak, like yep. think of like kings and knights and, you know, knights of the round tables type stuff. But being a landlord is tough. Uh, one of the things that people do, I see this so often, is they either A, don't know how to handle the really bad situations, number one. Number two, they have fear around getting that call at midnight about a leaky toilet, Number two, which I think is interesting, or number three, they fall in love with their tenants and they forget to treat it as a business. And one of the things that I did early in my career when I had rentals and I was still managing my own properties because I don't manage my own properties anymore. Atlas does it for me. (laughs) Um, But I never told them I was the owner. Yeah. So I just was just the property manager. Yeah. Uh, That way, when somebody asked for something, because it's a funny thing when somebody knows that you're the decision maker. They ask you for stuff, and if you say no, they think you're being a jerk. Like, well, can't I just be 15 days late on my rent? It's like, no, I, I have a mortgage <laughs> to pay. Like, right. yeah. No, like yeah. the agreement between the and, – and here's the thing. Landlord and tenant relationships are very adversarial, and we try to take that adversarial nature out of it. I'll give you an example. The very w- word calling them tenants, we try to call them residents. It, it, it relays a different yes. connotation of – um, relationship, yep. You know, resident versus tenant. Like, I want my residents to see us. Like, if you call me and say that there's an issue, I'm going to fix it yeah. right away because I want you to, in to the be end, happy and, yeah, live, live a and
1: live in a great place. Live in a great place and renew your lease, right? And stay there forever, <laughs> right? And renew your lease, absolutely. You
0: know, for, um, for those renting out there, man, call me. We'll teach you and show you how to buy because it, it, it's it's a weird thing. Like, my passion is in teaching people how to get out of the financial rat race. At the same time, I need tenants. I've built my business and my wealth on owning rental properties, but I still want to teach you how to no longer put money in my pocket, put it in your own.
1: And, and that's valuable, valuable information. Um, again, if anybody would like to get in touch with Michael to chat more about investment properties, he can be reached at 720-220-8500. Uh, Michael, as always, thanks so much for being on the show again w- with us. Uh, it, it was a blast. It was fun. A wealth of knowledge. Michael, who's who's been buying properties since he got out of college <laughs> um, and, and pretty much done uh, nothing else since, right? I don't know. Maybe he had a couple jobs in the beginning. I don't know. But, but uh, I, t- I know. T- you've been doing this for a while i took a a pit stop owning a couple liquor stores there you go with a buddy of mine we tried to
0: open a a casino in blackhawk um and and those didn't work very well the the real estate's
1: way easier thank you for tuning in to the mvp real estate and mortgage report if you have a question about financing your next home or refinancing a current mortgage give us a call at 303-921-5747 don't miss next week's Episode right here on ESPN Denver 1600 every Saturday at 7 a.m. You can find past episodes on our podcast at 1043thefan.com.